All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right, do it light. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner with your host Ryan Watson and Jonathan Borden, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Speaking of, just wanted to mention real quick, I think on the website today we should have a mock draft out that a few of us got into and were able to put together. Just to mention that, as you can kind of follow along and see what we did, I think Wes is putting that together, so it should be a good read there to prep you one more time just before the draft. Mention that because we're going to get into the draft a little bit here on this podcast, free agency, Titan stuff, just be able to talk through some things. I've been seeing all of the Twitter stuff out there, the Facebook. It seems like I, I'm very glad that the, the, you know, the NFL GMs typically don't pay attention to social media. It's probably a good thing. There's a lot of doozies out there. I'll leave the review of those doozies to F words pods. They always pick out a few and go through the, that kind of stuff. So, but Jonathan, just your take so far, not to get into it. Cause we've got Dupree, Autry, some free agency, Reynolds, some free agent ads. We kind of talked about, there were still some holes to be addressed and the draft is right here. Where do you feel after, after uh, the free agency with that 22 pick coming up and what you've seen names wise possible to Titans? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, there's been rumors out there. They go in defensive tackle. They're going to look at right tackle, those kinds of things. So there's plenty of places I think that you could draft somebody. But for me, I think, look, I think Josh Reynolds is a good kind of stopgap. But after Josh Reynolds right now, you look at it, you've got Anthony Ferkser. You've got Cam Batson as your number three option receiving. Mm -hmm. I mean, Darrington Evans may develop into something, but that's not proven. So there's a major gap as your number three opportunity. And so for me... I, I'm. I don't. I don't think that Kyle Pitts is going to be there at 22. So. You don't. You don't think he'll be there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So can you imagine if you want something like? Well, if he, he if he's there once again, I think. Actually, I think you asked me that on a previous pod. If he's there, and I think my exact words were, "No, I wouldn't," because he obviously murdered somebody. Right. So, um, <laughs> no, I think whenever you look at that position, where is the value going to be? I think it's got to be wide receiver. I think could there be a run there? Yes. I mean, I think your top three are going to be gone, assuming that Devonte Smith doesn't weigh 125 pounds by the time that they the draft. The man. Yeah, and so. When it comes to that, I think that's where the value is going to be. And I think you're going to have three guys that you can look at. I think you're going to have Rashad Bateman. I think you're going to have Elijah Moore. And you're going to have a Terrace Marshall. And I think any of those three are really going to be options there. So I think everybody looks at, you know, Elijah Moore. They make the ties to Ole Miss, the A.J. AJ Brown, Brown connection. Right. Um, can he play outside? Maybe. He, I think he's going to be more of a slot guy coming in. So if you believe in Josh Reynolds, then, yeah, he can still be that number two option for you. Um, but, you know, in this league, that slot receiver can really be your number two. Heck, New England made a slot receiver their number one option for, you for know, years. A so <laughs> yeah. when you look at that, I think you can still work him in there and have Josh Reynolds who still be a value add. Um, but 
if you want that size, I think the Titans have prioritized size a lot of times. You look at the guys that they've had. You know, Jonu Smith wasn't tall, but he was big. Yeah. You know, Derrick Henry, everybody knows. A.J. Brown, you know. Thick, yeah. And so when you look at that, a guy, I would not be surprised if they really like a guy like Terrace Marshall for yep. what they like to do. Sure. And I will also say this. If you roll into this season and you have Josh Reynolds sitting there, it wouldn't shock me if they say, and they're not wrong about this, if they look at it and say, that number two wide receiver spot for the Tennessee Titans is the most advantageous spot for a player to play in. There, I mean, you're on the other side of A.J. Brown. You have a t- you have teams are going to stack the box against Derrick Henry. Two things going for you. you that, those are huge advantages for you. Sure. You're not going to have to face a lot of double coverage or anything like that. And so when you look at that, do they value that? But for me, I don't think you can go into this. Yes, you've improved the defense. Are you a Super Bowl caliber defense? I don't think so. I don't think you can afford a big drop off on the offense. So I, I think wide receiver has to be the way they look unless there's something weird happens and just the value is insane there from another position. Yeah, and that's obviously if the board falls a certain way, because you, you even said for some reason if Justin Fields falls that late for whatever reason, you got to kick the tires, right? I mean, you got to at least take a look at it. Even though you are set at quarterback, there's just certain situations that you've at least got to discuss internally before just automatically passing on them because it's not a need. Um, I don't think – there's a couple tackles in this draft – that I, that'll go very high. They're in the same category for me for whatever reason, you know, video before the drafts type situation, they drop all the way to 22. I think that's the only scenario where offensive tackle needs to creep into the, to that 22nd pick thought. Otherwise you can probably like Spencer Brown's a guy that I would target late that I would be just as happy with uh, as far as for needs and fit base. And these are, I think he could be developed into a really good starting right tackle in the NFL as well with some of his attributes and his size and everything like that. So unless one of those big three tackles, tackles happen to slide for whatever reason or if a Devonte Smith slides you know those kind of things you're looking at but the other name that's been going out is obviously okay we're the Titans also through all their stuff is we've been saying is thin at cornerback as well receiver to me and just to your point I I am with you I hope they go offense or excuse me specifically receiver at that early especially when you kind of look at yes this is a deep receiver class but there is there's starting to be tiers that drop off after you get and as you said, Marshall is one where he fits a lot of needs. He's not really being mocked in that area, Elijah Moore is, uh, but he fits more of what the Titans look for, what they need in the fits, and what they actually just absolutely need as they set their offense up. They still need to tie it in at some point in time too. But my point is, is that if you do go corner, say they take a chance and Farley falls as well, so that's 22nd pick out of Virginia Tech. That's that's top 10 talent who's got some injury concerns. They've played that game before and gotten some success out of it. So do they really want to play that that Russian roulette again and take another chance? And I, I think I've said on this podcast before that John Robinson is now, if he does that, is now three drafts in a row taking a chance on a prospect in the first round when you're trying to hit home runs, not chances. And he he struck out last year. He got he got really lucky and it, it ended up being a home run with Simmons, you know, picking him after the knee injury. But again, that's a great value to pick at 19 or wherever he was. But so my point, now I'll throw it back to you. What are your thoughts on if they do pick Farley? If say they pick that's their pick at corner at 22, is the receiver class deep enough at that second tier that you would be okay with a guy at say that 53rd pick? Because they will be there. Otherwise, you're hoping one of the top corners are there at 53, and they may not be there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's still going to be value there in the second round. Is it going to be a Diami Brown? Is it going to be an Amon Ross St. Brown? Um, those kinds of guys. So um, I think there's lots of options there. So really, I think it is going to come down to what is that value at 22? And so, I mean, the, the only problem is, is that while I think that there will be value, there's a lot of teams that feel that way. And then we have a lot of these talks about, hey, we're going to pick Amari Rodgers in the third round. You look at mock drafts. There's going to be Amari Rodgers in the third round and Cornell Powell in the sixth round. Right. The problem is, is that there's a lot of teams that are going to see those kinds of opportunities as sure. well. That's where they start to get antsy. So if you got your eyes, you know, just on a guy and thinking he'll be there at 53, then I think you're just opening yourself up to risk. If you do not take them at 22, you better be in a situation at that position that you're okay going into the season at. If I look at corner and I see Janoris Jenkins, Jack Rabbit, and I see Christian Fulton and I see Kevin Johnson. Yes. There are there some issues there with Kevin Johnson. Sure. I'm more comfortable going into the season with that being my three starters and you'll get a guy somewhere to come in and compete depending on what you think of, you know, Breon borders and what you truly believe you have in Christian Fulton. Is there risk? Sure. But I feel more comfortable with the cornerback room because you're hoping that that takes a step forward based on the pass rush improvements. Right. 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 So I, I feel more comfortable with that than I do the wide receivers as is right now, because really, and I, look, I'm all about Cameron Batson. I, I like the way he plays the game. There is a reason that Cameron Batson was an undrafted free agent. There, there's a re, he get he's smaller. He's injured. He can be injury prone. Any production he gives you should be considered icing on the cake, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. I, I'm with you there, and and I don't know, man. I, I just is the pass rush fixed? You mentioned it there. I didn't want to cut you off on what you're saying, but just you made. A, I want to come back to that point. Is the pass rush to a point to where you can get by with patchwork DBs? I think you could use a depth guy. I think you could, but your starters are there. I mean, and you're not spending that kind of money on Bud Dupree for, it will be all right. I mean, you have expectations. Yeah, as we found out last year, expectations can sometimes not show up. No, they absolutely could. And so I, I do think, is there a risk there? But you can't go spend that kind of money on a guy on that long of a deal with some sort of, without having the expectation that he's, you're not necessarily hedging your bet at that position. Now, if somebody you love is there, then sure. I, I think then maybe you look that right. I think they're going to add an edge guy. I think they're going to add a tight end at some sure. point, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's 22 probably. Depth pieces more than likely throughout sure. the draft. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is I think that you need to, I think that we're saying the same thing. I think you need to target a, a bona fide starter somewhere on your team at that 22 pick, not something that's going to be possible depth or not something that, you know, and, and that's why maybe, you know, I, of of the people they've been mocking, there's been the the I'm going to get his name wrong, but the the safety um, Warren Hig Mor Rig Moreg Moreg. There we <laughs> go. So I'm really good at pronunciations. If you've listened to our show long enough, it's a fun ride with me. I see the word written and I do my my videotape search and all that kind of stuff, but. Saying the name is a whole different ballpark for me. So, but I've seen him him typed like that's a name that I probably would be very, very well. Like just, eh, you know, that's not underwhelmed. Probably that's not a great pick for me. Uh, Barmore out of Alabama. There's been some bad things come out of him recently. I've seen a lot of guys. I know that uh, a Buck today said that that's his guy at 22 when he when he went on the 440 uh, <clears throat> today. And it just I don't like that pick. And I'm an Alabama fan. 
do I think that kid could be talented? Sure. But when you, when you hear that he had a problem with coaching, he had a problem with authority, he had a problem with fitting into a scheme and a system that tells me that that, and, and here's the thing, he had two really good playoff games. He was mostly absent for the rest of the year. And a guy that that size, you should expect him to show up every single day. Cause I'm telling you right now, Jeffrey Simmons showed up every single game on, on college tape. Bar, Christian Barmore, not so much. So that's, that's the name that I'm wanting to go with. Quiddy pay is tempting if he falls to that spot. Uh, and he's been mocked around that. Uh, Bateman's another receiver that's been mocked uh, that late. So there's, there's, you're wanting to go for a starter here. And I, I guess with Farley, the back worries me because I, I, we've had some debates about this right in our chat about what's going on with it. Is it a re-aggravation? Is it two injuries? Is it one injury? He's still got some numbness. What they say is normal, but it should be still be concerning and something to monitor. With all that going on, I, I just don't know if that's a comfortable pick at 22. And if, you, and if you think that John Robinson as the gambler, maybe he still goes through with it and takes that because of the potential value he could bring because he could be an every down start, uh, excuse me, a day one starter if he's healthy, right? Yeah, I think, is Robinson open to taking a risk? Sure, it, it, but it's it has to be shot. a much more calculated <laughs> risk at this point right. because, look, if it's Farley, you're going to have to trust the medical reports out there. You're, I'm not touching him if I don't have my own doctors look at him because, right. look, you can't afford to go a second year without a first-round pick. And, and so, you have no trade to show for it. Yeah, exactly. You have to get value out of that. So I do think you could see somewhat of a conservative pick or at least a calculated risk. And so for, for that, in that regards, there are certain guys, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like, uh, like a Farley is off the board, like for them, just cause you can't take that kind of a risk with it. Yeah. And that, that would, you talk about the boards, how they've constructed them and they may only have, I think there's been some, that, that was, that was baffling to me where people were like, wow, the teams only have 150 guys on their board. It was like, what are you expecting? They're not going to have thousands of, of guys on their board. They're they're doing their due diligence so that they can make the best decisions on their draft night. They are making their board based on who is more than likely going to be available. Now, someone asked, well, are people taking Trevor Lawrence off their board because they know he's going number one? Probably. But again, if you're picking number six and he happens to slide to six, I mean, well, just because he's not on your board doesn't mean you can't say his name. Yeah, let's also clarify. Just because they're not on the board doesn't mean they haven't done research on right. them. Exactly. They've done enough research to know that they're not interested. Right. So the, that's a great point. They're not interested. They may have guys listed as, and they may have another separate list. They have guys that are high undrafted targets for them that they know they're not going to touch on the draft because they know the more than likely based on their research that are going to be there available to pick up after the draft. So you're not going to waste the pick on them. So they've got these lists that are based on a, different things, need positional, like where they are in the draft. And they could be and where they're going to fall. Cause they're, they're probably, they know they need, corner they're going to target maybe in that second round they're probably not going to have a whole lot of the first round corners i'm just using that position as an example on and that board are you not on the uh, tyson campbell train apparently he's sneaking into the first round looks like that's going to happen i i not i'm not you want to sure. go you want to go back to georgia no i <laughs> overdraft a player wait didn't he get a pretty good uh didn't he get a pretty good uh recommendation from isaiah wilson no, point. that was Eric Stokes. Okay, that that's was Eric the Stokes. other one. Okay, that's the other one. So, uh, Georgia, I mean, you pointed this out on the on the uh, another podcast. We're just freelancing this at this point. But you you pointed out on another podcast is like does does the the fact that I I 
Georgia might have sold you a bad bill of goods at some point in time. Now, we weren't involved in those conversations. Maybe Georgia was completely honest with with John Robinson and Vrabel and everything about Isaiah Wilson. Hey, immensely talented kid, going to have some maturity issues. Watch out for it. Here's an example. And they still decide to pull the trigger. I have more questions about Robinson at that point if that was the case. But if Georgia hit any of that, probably sully some of that relationship. And they're talking about another kid like, <laughs> fool me once, you know. It's definitely not something I would I would be willing to go back to that well, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're probably not talking to Sam Pittman too closely right now. I don't think you have to worry about Felipe Franks being your uh, backup quarterback. No, I did see a mock today, though, that um, I did, I've been doing just automatic mocks just to see who they fell. And then at the 100 pick, the t- Tennessee Titans selected Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. I- I'm sorry. There may be some Kellen Mond truthers out there. I think he's terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's absolutely terrible. And to waste a draft pick on him, I'm I'm fine. The, the the Titans need a backup quarterback. It is a need. That one I could not get behind. I would flip a table. I, I couldn't do it. I, I'm not a, I'm not a Kellen Mond fan, but there does be there at some point becomes a value. And you know you're not taking him in the second day for me. Like in, sure, there's some asinine. I don't want him at all though. <laughs> there's some asinine picks that he may sneak into the first round, but th- that's crazy to me. But you know. You're just taking flyers after the fourth round, really. So if by chance he's sitting there, I mean, there's an athletic profile you can work with, and and you you try it. I mean, if they take him before they've taken a tackle, though, by that pick, by the pick 100, I'm going to be mad because just because Isaiah Wilson didn't work out doesn't mean you still don't need a tackle. It was a need last year; it's still a need this year. You need to go out and get one some point in this draft. And there's I. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I've read it before. I have to go back and look at it. But there's a study out there that says long-term starting tackles are not picked in the third round on, typically. So, and it's just, they just don't work out. They're they're rotational guys. Uh, Dennis Kelly is one of those guys, I think, that you... You got some good time out of him, but though he's he is he's a rare in that situation. You're not going to find one of those all the time that are going to be able to produce, outproduce what they were. But so you have to look at that. So for me, if you take a, a a project quarterback in those first four picks that you have, the last two in the third round, before you're taking tackle as the offensive lineman in the room, gonna have some problems. So that would be one of my big problems in the draft, I think, if they didn't address tackle at some point in the first four rounds. I get it if there's names there um, that you have to consider before that. I could there's some I can live with a few situations, but I would prefer it if they did take one early. And when I say early, I mean with one of those first four picks you've got. And you take advantage of that third those that extra third round pick for sure. Um, but if you know, like they end up with my third round darling, Spencer Brown. Um, then I'm okay with it. So what, but to you, what is just an unforgivable for you that the Titans either don't come away with or something that they do too early? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I am okay with them coming out of this draft without a defensive tackle. Like I am fine with that. So taking one too early, I think is negligence as far as the needs of this team. Sure. Um, so I, th- I think it, if they come out without a wide receiver, that's well, cr- crazy talk. If they come out with they need to come out with two, in my yeah, opinion. <laughs> wide receiver, corner, and probably a body at tight end is mm. non-negotiable for me. I do think they can get away with some stuff at tight end because of how they choose to use them. It doesn't have to be a spectacular receiver, and now all that's contingent on them not changing up their offense too much. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they spread things out a little bit more. Now, I do think Anthony Ferkser is a more viable option if they do that. Sure. Because that well, that's, is his role. More, that's more of his yeah. game. Exactly. So um, if you're still expecting your tight ends to be mostly, not, I don't want to say mostly, but heavy inline blockers, then I do think you need to get somebody. You need a body. to go get a Michael Pruitt, who they may be leaving <laughs> out there depending on what they do sure. in the draft. If they pick up somebody like a Tommy Trimble in the third round or something like that, who is it? I mean, that's his game. He's a blocker. Yeah. That kind of guy. If they get somebody like that, although I do think there are some tight ends later on in this draft that could fit what they like to do. Um, so I think that's a position that really could go a ton of different ways. I think they need somebody. I think that they need to get a receiver. I think that if you, but I think from that point on, you take the best player available because he he being John Robinson has done a good job overall this offseason so far. They only got one of the big name players, but he's gone back to his setting it up for a sign and draft yeah. double up. You you're not signing two free agents as your contingency plan like they did at Edge last year. Not so good. <laughs> Get back to that. Okay, let me hedge my bets through a young guy. Right. With a free agent there. Sure. It seemed to work out for him in the past, but we, t- we talked about that, how we loved how he was doing that. It definitely went away with it last year. And we, we can call it what it is. Uh, Vic Beasley was just an absolute failure, and I don't I don't think that he was ever interested in playing. He just wanted to give money for – I mean, if he's building a church, more power to him. That's very commendable. But at the same time, it just it, he clearly wasn't the athletic – being that you thought you were getting or that you hoped he would be, I would say. I think everyone knew there was a high risk with that, and it was that's the reason they signed him to a one-year. Probably spent more than you would have liked to, but, I mean, you had to to get him because the, regardless of what he ended up doing or what he had been doing, he had the potential, and sometimes potential does get checks to beat out someone else. You had to pay that as a Titans front office. Um, Clowney, say what you will, if he doesn't get injured, he probably gets better as the season goes on because he admits that he, he couldn't really figure out the scheme. He had some problems. He said some comments this offseason about being with a winning team now. I have questions, but – here nor there. Uh, he he was productive when he was in the lineup as far as getting pressures and being a, a disruptor. The stats weren't there, but he was never doing a bad job. So that wasn't a bad signing. So, but to your point, now you have your signings of someone who's experienced to come in to play in Dupree, and then you go to get another edge potentially as in the draft, someone who can develop. And have you got to set up now? This person you've taken the draft maybe doesn't have to be a starter. They can be rotational. Or if they pick it up quick enough, Landry can go back to a rotational, which is probably his best home. Yeah, and I think, you know, in that second round, you look at a guy like Osai, mm-hmm. who is a bit of a project, but has the measurables sure. because you don't need to throw him out there day one. But he has the intangibles that you lo- that you love. The effort is not in question. He's going to work and maximize his potential to the best of his ability. So do you, do you get a guy like that in the second round? That's the kind of risk I think you see them possibly take. Are they as refined? Maybe not, but I can take some time to develop them. Maybe who you think you had in Isaiah Wilson <laughs> by completely whiffing on his on his personality and work ethic. I don't think you have those same risks with a guy like that. So that that's that's where I think you could see them take some risks on some athletes that at least have the right attitude. I think that's a guy that you take a risk on. A couple of years ago, we fell in love with a guy that we said was a risk, but an athletic uh, 
real big athletic upside in Melvin Fonwu, and he didn't work out. Well, his brother's in the draft this year, and he seems to be more of a football guy. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about, yeah. the little brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk about the little brother, not the big brother. Yeah. No, but if you listen to our stuff back in the day, we 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 the older Melvin Fonwu, we not that we said that he'd be the best in the draft. But we said that he had the athletic profile that if he develops properly, gets in the right system, this could be a, you know. Pro Bowl caliber type player because of his athleticism didn't work out. Some that does happen, and that's why I, I saw here recently where people say they hate that the people refer to it as a crapshoot. But what what do you else do you want to call it? You're you're doing the best you can with the research you have, and sometimes regardless of how athletic a kid is, how much work they put into it, because they could be the hardest worker in the world, and sometimes things just don't pan out due to injury, due to understanding, doing due coaching being terrible, to the, the the kid just changing when they get there to the system and getting money, and wanting to be a rapper. Go check out Isaiah's SoundCloud now or whatever he's doing. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah Wilson, I don't know if y'all have heard that or not, but it is um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm willing to bet that some of our our you know fans of Broadway could put together a better <laughs> a better EP or whatever they're calling those these days. It's not good. Yeah, it's. Uh, are, are you interested in rapping? N- yes. Okay. Next. <laughs> just just just. Off the board, done. Yeah, I'm okay if they want to be a rapper, if they, if they have some skill to go with it. But so far, it seems like this is a situation where if I would have heard Isaiah Wilson rapping, I'd be like, hey, man, don't quit your day jo- Oh, never mind. They quit it for him. <laughs> they quit, you got to quit for you. Well, I would say he quit it. I mean, because if he actually shows up and puts the work in, he's not getting traded, first of all. They're going to at least give him another year to see if he can develop, if he's actually putting forth the effort. The problem was he just basically put middle fingers up in the air and said, nobody likes me anyway, screw it, I'll go home. Yeah, and look, this is not a um, this is not a shut up and dribble podcast kind of thing. It's, a, it's very much, hey, you have your passions outside of football. You don't have to eat, sleep, and breathe football. Oh, heck no. However, there does need to be this ex- expectation of if you're signing a contract, there, there's a, you have a commitment to put forth a certain level of commitment. It doesn't have to be a hey, I eat, sleep, and breathe every second of my day is is here. Those are the those are the anomalies at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but there does have to be that realization that there is a certain level of commitment you have to have to play in this league. Um, and so that is the balance. That is the difficulty. There. Look, Darrington Evans wants to be uh, a rapper too. I mean, he's doing that on the side. There doesn't seem to be any concerns with his work ethic, durability sure. there. So you can balance it for sure. Right. Maybe not live the lifestyle of a rapper while you're trying to be a professional football player. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just that's that's the only thing is that and, and go to any other normal job in the world. And I know football is not a normal job, but it, there are expectations because they are making quite a bit. Even the league minimum is more money than I'll see in a year ever in my life. So they, they go through some abuse and I get all that and it doesn't last very long. I get all that. But you go to any normal other job, nine to five job in the world and you and you act like Isaiah Wilson did, then you're going to get fired. It's just no ifs, ands, or buts. I've never seen a company that even the most lenient companies I've heard of or seen have their limits. They have their expectations of, of their their employees. I, I've been a part of companies before where a DUI would have gotten you kicked out the door just because that's how they are. There's a company here going through a lawsuit that, that fired someone for something that was so trivial. Uh, I think it was she got pregnant out of wedlock or something. So it's just, it's just those things – Things happen in corporate America, and I get that. But at the same time, as you're stating, you've signed a contract. There's an expectation. You sign contract, you will show up and you'll work. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, and we get that. But I would feel a lot better about saying it didn't work out if you if I knew that if you put your best foot forward. I don't think Isaiah Wilson ever did. So there's your first-round pick gone. 
you know, we make fun of some other teams here uh, saying, oh, look, they traded all their next first four rounds for this draft. Well, at least they got something. At some point in time, if you, do, if you don't hit on 22 this year and you've lost two first rounds in a row and you have no trade capital to show for it and you've, you've got nothing back, then they're just wasted picks. So Isaiah Wilson's, you, but you'd like to say this, don't compare yourself to the anomalies in life. He's definitely an anomaly in life. And I don't think there's going to be too many other people picked in the 20s that are going to act like that. I hope not anyway. So they have to hit something there. Getting the getting the youth in along with signing a free agent should help with that. Uh, they did that receiver. I'm still saying they need to come out with two receivers, one early, one late. It is a deep receiver class. It's a deep offensive tackle class. It's a deep edge class. And those are three top needs for the Titans. So there's a lot of gold out there to be mined if, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I mean, let's do it then. Short, sweet, who's the pick? I honestly think they'll trade back, but if we're, they're sticking there and picking <sighs> Elijah Moore, because this is too much buzz going around. I'm not going to like it so much, but I don't think he's there at 53. And I think he, they like what they see in film. Hell, I like what I see out of the film as well. I like Elijah Moore at 22. I'll go, I'll go Rashad Bateman. I, 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 I'm assuming he's gone by then, but yeah, I like I could, Rashad I could, Bateman that's too. That's my thing. I, but I would not be surprised if they go with somebody like Terrace Marshall just because mm. of the size combination. I think I like he, he's, he's got some flexibility to play inside and out. Yep. So I yep. think there's some opportunity there. I think you have, they will take a receiver at either 22 or 53. Have to. Have I don't to. even think it's a have yep. to. If you look at how they have, how they have committed resources, they don't take and look. The they their hand a little bit. They they don't commit resources outside of those top two rounds. I don't know if it's a phil- philosophical belief of Robinson that the value outside of that for receiver is negligible, but the reason that they're where they're at as a receiver core right now is because the only receivers they've drafted have been early, and it's Davis, it's AJ Brown, and yeah, you hit on them, but. Hey, you, you have to get start getting some resources, some depth that are not just free agent guys. So I think how maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that the uh, the field just kind of fell that way when Robinson's been drafting. But I feel like at either 22 or 53, you're seeing a receiver come off. Oh, the board. for sure. And I think I made this point on a chat as well. Is do you maybe go with Farley because you know that your your talent at corner is lesser at 53 than what the talent could be at, at receiver at 53? Do you make that decision? I guess what I'm saying is is that I don't think I'll be too disappointed. If there's there's about four or five names I could get on board with for the Titans in that first round. Uh, that second pick becomes less important depending on who they get, but it's definitely, you know, they've got some things in that I really like for that third round to be the money round for them going forward as well. Um, real quick. I know this probably gonna be a short and sweet show, but what's the one name regardless of need that you would love to have in a Titans uniform next year, just because you like the kid from what you've seen, what you've heard that's prospect. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. <laughs> no, I guess. Sorry. No, Your t-shirt uh, you're wearing has nothing to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, <laughs> Now, if if he if by chance he was there at twenty two, then yeah, I, I would. Well, he might have murdered somebody. I, well, no, I would be beating the table <laughs> at that point. But um, I would say if I had to pick a name, I'm probably I, I like the Asai pick. I really do. I think he fits uh, when you're talking about being an athlete, being able to develop, and having the right attitude about it. The way he plays the game, I think that's a great pick for them. Yeah, you know mine. I, I bet you can guess it without me saying it. The kid that I, I <laughs> the one I like the most, don't need him, 
no way in, in hell they should ever draft him. But Landon Dickerson from Alabama, if somehow he ended up in a Titans uniform and he was the heir apparent to Ben Jones, I'd be a happy man. I know that's the offensive line bias. It's the Bama bias in me. I get all that. But everything I've seen on film, everything that I've heard in interviews and heard people speak about how smart he is and how he goes about his business, I'm all I'm all in. I just he's going to end up as a Steeler or something else, you know, that's going to make me hate it because I because I like him. I'm going to want to root for him as long as he doesn't end up as a you know a Raven or a Colt. You know, those will probably drive me insane. But I would love to see him in Titans two tone blue. But it's not going to happen. There's no reason for it to happen. Just me being selfish personally. I, I like Landon and I, I wished he was a Titan. No no reason for it at all. <laughs> So this time next week, we'll be uh, looking at a, a fairly complete roster and looking at the prognosis of the 2021 Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we'll review it at that point in time, see where we're at, see if maybe there's some other things that hopefully maybe they're waiting in the wings on some guys, pull some people back in, undrafted free agents to review those. Give our opinions on what's going on as we look further into the offseason and start to get to some of these, whether they're going to show up to OTAs, all that good stuff. More to come here from us as we're going through it and more to come from Broadway as well. Speaking of which, make sure you look out for, we're going to have some notifications coming out. There will will be as we get out of this COVID uh, lockdown or whatnot. Lockdown. Spoiler alert, live shows Thursday for the first round. More to come. You may even see some of us here by us Maybe. being myself and Ryan. Possibly. Going to have some guests there. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Uh, so look for that notification to be coming out maybe before this show even releases. Yeah. So check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for that. But in closing, this has been the Coach's Corner, part of that Broadway Sports Network we've talked about, partnered with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure and check out all the other podcasts, articles, and notifications, as Jonathan is saying, at Bro- that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. This show right here at Coaches on Broad, go ahead and give us a follow and make sure to check out my co host at JB on Broad, myself, Ryan on Broadway. But until next time, out. See ya.